Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios Friday edition. Rejoice. It's almost the weekend. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, if your check engine light comes on, don't let your car suffer. Head to AutoZone today. The AutoZone Fix Finder tool can check it on the spot for free. It could be something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Last night, I was in the zone, went to go see the new Star Wars movie with uh, my nine-year-old and my seven-year-old. A lot of you probably over the weekend either have or will go see that movie as well as it rolls towards a billion dollars. Much to get to on the Friday edition of Outkick the Coverage. Um, Big news, we talked about it some yesterday, the decision by Disney to buy substantial assets of Fox We'll talk about that later in the show. We had the final game of the Thursday night football package that nobody really cared about, the Denver Broncos playing against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll discuss the overall impact of Thursday night football this year now as we come into the final three games of the season. We will also discuss Lonzo Ball and LeBron James having a secret conversation behind their jersey and LeBron as one of the great kind of drama stokers of his generation and the quotes that he gave after the Thursday night game on the road against the Lakers and Lonzo Ball. Will LeBron be a hashtag future Laker? I've been saying for a while that I believe that he will. We'll play the audio of that. We will also continue to have fun with Warren Sapp responding to a sexual harassment allegation that he gave a woman a... uh, a uh, sex toy by saying, no, 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 that's a totally made-up story, that's fake news. 
you need to hear Warren Sapp and his defense, and we will play that for you. But I thought we probably should start with Thursday night football coming to a close in the NFL because it continues to be so controversial in terms of its impact on the health of players. And now that Roger Goodell is signed until 2024, I think Thursday night football is a good addition. I don't want it to go. I don't want it to disappear. It's worth $500 million, so players are being paid a lot for these games. But if I were Roger Goodell in this offseason, as a gesture of goodwill towards the players, I would make the decision to extend the season by one week and I would guarantee that everybody has a bye before their Thursday night football game. I think that that is a uh, sort of an olive branch that can be extended out by Roger Goodell to try to help player and owner and league representatives have a better relationship as they head into the new collective bargaining agreement negotiations and I believe 2021. Now, some of you may say, well, if Roger Goodell's smart, he should save that as a uh, as a gesture of goodwill for 2021 because it'll make the owners and the league look better if they offer that to players as part of their new collective bargaining agreement. I would agree that that's something that could be saved as part of the overall collective bargaining agreement, but to me, this represents a better decision because it goes ahead and resolves this issue before it continues to grow and or before more guys get injured seriously next year in Thursday night football games. Um, I, I just think it makes a tremendous amount of sense. And, I, I, you know, again, the opening week of the season, you play a Thursday night football game. So that's fine, right? You, those guys don't need a bye week. And then the rest of the season, you just give a bye week to every team as they get ready for that game. I just think it makes tremendous amounts of sense. That would be one of my uh, ways that I could make the NFL better as we head into 2018. Now, look, there are a lot of great games that are going to happen this weekend, most notably the game that we really haven't spent that much time talking about because there's been a lot of other stories with the Patriots going on the road against the Steelers and it's going to soak up almost all the attention, uh, although there are a lot of really kind of intriguing games. Obviously, the Rams going on the road against the Seahawks. Lots of drama still to come from what happens in the AFC West with the Chargers, who started 0-4, going on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we'll see what happens in the AFC South between the Titans and the 49ers and what happens with the Jags. Can they make a run and finish 12-4? and All of that to be determined in uh, Sunday's NFL action, and I think that those are going to be fantastic games. I mean, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the Pat Steelers game because I believe whoever wins that game will be the representative for the AFC in the Super Bowl. And oddsmakers actually agree with me that it's a tremendous difference between whether or not you have to go through Pittsburgh or whether or not you have to go through New England. So there's lots to look forward to in the weekend to come in the NFL. We also have... Uh, everything surrounding the college uh, bowl season starting on Saturday, and that seems to have gotten here fairly quickly. And uh, that will be a a great jumping-off point to see exactly what transpires as we work our way through the college bowl season when eventually there's a game in college football on television virtually every night throughout the holiday season and beyond. But the story that's probably going to get the most attention on Friday in the world of sports LeBron James playing against Lonzo Ball. 
the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, remember, a free agent at the end of this season. The expectation has been as LeBron brought a bought a new mansion in L.A. that LeBron wants to move to L.A. to kind of further his post-basketball career. He's been involved in, in several different media-related stories. He's founded companies in L.A. designed to be in the entertainment business. He obviously can get a meeting with anybody that he wants in L.A., and it would appear that there is substantial interest between LeBron James and the Lakers, LeBron James and the city of Los Angeles. Well, knowing all of that, first of all, LeBron had a secret conversation with Lonzo where they picked up their uh, their jerseys and covered their mouths so they could have a conversation that nobody could lip read, which is just so LeBron it hurts. But then after the game, LeBron was asked about Lonzo, and he specifically said, well, you need to hear it yourself because he knew – how quickly what he said would spread like wildfire throughout the NBA because LeBron's free agency will be the number one story again in the offseason. And here's what LeBron James said about Lonzo Ball. We saw you had a moment with Lonzo there. What did you have to say to him? Uh, I didn't tell him anything. I didn't tell him anything. It's not for everybody. There's enough noise out there already with Zoe, and uh, it's not for me to discuss. Uh, but, you know, he has a bright future, like I said the other day in my quotes. And, uh, you know, they got a bunch of young guys, and they don't stop running, I'll tell you that. So it's a good win for us. Um, and I think LeBron also said he's the kind of guy you like to play with, right, as the second part of his audio. Do we have that audio as well? Sometimes uh, it is uh, it is fascinating to see what audio makes the uh, the rundown and what doesn't. We also have Lonzo Ball talking about his uh, his relationship with LeBron. He was asked about that conversation after the game, and Lonzo had this to say: "I noticed LeBron grabbed you after the game on the court. What did he say to you? He didn't tell me anything. Just said good game and kind of slapped hands. That's it. Nothing." Well, if he did tell him anything, LeVar Ball will be telling us exactly what the conversation was <laughs> within the next, uh, within the next, probably before this show ends this morning, LeVar Ball will be tweeting out exactly what the conversation was between the two guys. Um, the, the other aspect of that quote, and evidently we don't have that audio ready to roll right now, that I thought was uh, maybe the most intriguing of that entire conversation and that interchange between LeBron and, uh, and obviously Lonzo Ball was LeBron basically saying he's the kind of guy you want to play with. Um, and obviously that is a, uh, that's a that's going to be taken as a serious endorsement, even if it wasn't intended to be a serious endorsement of the uh, LeBron James and, uh, and, and where he might go in the, uh, in the wake of this, uh, this kind of game and this kind of incident. We'll find that audio for you. We'll play it in the uh, next segment. And, uh, and, you know, obviously Lonzo looks in many ways at LeBron James like LeBron James used to look at Michael Jordan or like Kobe Bryant used to look at Michael Jordan. It's interesting to see that evolution in the NBA game because Lonzo is only 19 years old, which you think about it, it's crazy. Lonzo, I think, was born in, if I'm doing the math correctly here, in like 19, <laughs> this is unbelievable, right? Like 1998 or thereabouts. So he's come of age almost entirely with LeBron James. He has no recollection whatsoever of Michael Jordan, and that is a, uh, that's an uh, intriguing situation. Uh, here's what LeBron uh, said about Lonzo. Um, asked what he admires the most about Lonzo Ball. Quote, he passes the ball, pushes the ball up the floor, someone you want to play with. 
this is a team game. Everyone gets caught, so caught up in this whole individual thing, and it's the whole team game gets overlooked. But then I'm not going to go there. But the fact that he said someone you want to play with is going to be run with like crazy in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, I will bring in the crew. We will talk about these stories. We'll also play you the Warren Sapp audio. Let's have some fun with that. We played it yesterday. Also, we'll unpack everything that had to be done and said and and contemplated about the decision. Big, I think, in the world of sports and media and beyond, the decision of Disney to spend over $60 billion, that's billion with a B, for Fox assets, including many of the regional sports networks that you guys listening right now watch your favorite local teams on, the Fox Sports Ohio's of the world, the Fox Sports Southwest, Fox Sports Southeast, the Yes Network, all of those regional sports networks, assuming this uh, this merger pass uh, antitrust scrutiny, will all be moving to Disney slash ESPN. What does it move for, mean for the future? We'll break that down as well. Again, many thanks for you guys spending Friday morning with us. We'll track down a little bit more of that LeBron audio. We'll discuss, do we believe LeBron James is going to the Lakers? Do we believe that LeBron is just giving us some entertainment in late December when otherwise not a lot of people are paying attention in the grand scheme of things to the NBA? And would it be smart for new NFL commissioner Roger Goodell to go ahead and make the decision by fiat in the offseason? You know what? We are no longer going to play Thursday night football without a bye week before all of these Thursday night football games. Would it be smart? Should he do it? We'll discuss all of that and more. Thank you for spending your Friday morning with us here on OutKick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance as well. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The end of Thursday night football for the year. My argument in this offseason, Roger Goodell should unilaterally just announce that they're extending the NFL season one week. They're adding an extra bye week, and every team before they play Thursday night football gets a bye week. I don't understand why that wouldn't be universally greeted with uh, popular endorsement. I think it would make total sense, and it would solve virtually every issue that the NFL is facing in terms of health on Thursday night football. It would take that issue off the table. It would make the quality of Thursday night football games better and given the fact that you had a bye week before your Thursday night game, it would also mean that every team was treated equally for that Thursday night game. And more importantly than that, it would also mean that every team was even more healthy for the next Sunday game because they would get an extra couple of days to recover for their bodies. I think that would make a tremendous difference to the league's relationship with its players. I think it would be a gesture of goodwill that makes a lot of sense. If I were Roger Goodell, I would do it. On top of that, LeBron James says that Lonzo Ball is the kind of guy you'd like to play with. Do we believe that LeBron James is going to go to play for the Lakers at the end of the season? And I promise you, we are going to get to the Warren Sapp audio defending his decision to give sex toys to coworkers at the NFL Network. All of that and more. By the way, there's a story alleging um, some really inappropriate conduct by ESPN employees potentially and also unfairness in the way that they have treated women in uh, their time in Bristol that is in the Boston Globe that came out last night 
you can go read that. I imagine that it will be a primary topic of conversation uh, as we move into the full Friday. Uh, that story, bostonglobe.com. If you just type in on Google ESPN Boston Globe, it'll come up and you can read it. And uh, some of the stories in there about the way that ESPN treated female employees who were pregnant uh, was uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty difficult to read. I think if you are a uh, if you are a woman, and uh, it's obviously going to increase the pressure on ESPN. Now there are also allegations in there about particular behavior by male uh, employees at ESPN. I'm going to be fair here. I actually didn't think that they had behaved. In the two employees that were that were mentioned in that story, I actually didn't think they had behaved in an, in an incredibly inappropriate fashion. Um, and ESPN's even taken the next step this uh, late last night of publishing all of the text messages between uh, one of their anchors, John Butchie Gross, Butchie Gross. I, I, I probably just Butchie Gross. Butchie Gross. Yeah. What. Uh, whatever, um, and uh, and this girl uh, that also worked at ESPN who was alleged inappropriate behavior, and I read those, and I read those texts, and, and a couple of things came to mind. One, does every guy now in America have to save every text exchange that he sent to a woman? Because if you didn't have the text exchange, is that a situation where you would be in trouble, right? I mean, I I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how long uh, iPhone or text message interchanges are saved. So a lot of times what I do is just to clear data, and I'm probably sure a lot of you guys do the same thing, I go in and delete texts. You know, So if I've been talking to somebody for a long time, I don't have every text message that I've ever sent them. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. Maybe some of you guys do keep your long text interchanges with people for forever. But if I were a guy who was dating girls now, and and certainly if I was dating somebody who worked at my place of business, I almost think that you should keep every text you ever sent to them just as evidence of whether or not your text exchanges were appropriate or not so that everybody can go into it and read the context behind what you said. Because her allegations against him in the article, standing alone, can sound inappropriate, but if you go read the context of their text conversation, it doesn't seem inappropriate at all to me. So maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm wrong when I read that, but I'm trying to read it in, in, in almost the, the position that I would be in if I were a jury on a trial trying to analyze if someone was sexually harassed, and I didn't think his behavior was that inappropriate at all if I read that text exchange. The other thing is, and that's frankly why I haven't shared the article on my own Twitter feed because I read it and I was like, man, there's some stuff in here that's that's uncomfortable. But I also feel like we're in an era now where if you're a guy and everybody broadcasts accusations against you, everybody believes them. You know, it's, it, it, it's this crazy place. And I was talking about this the other day where we've moved very rapidly in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein story, which has spiraled across so many different uh, organizations where, and again, I would like people to think about this and, and ask, does it make sense? Where for a long time, women said, hey, nobody believed us because we're women. And now we've moved into an era where everyone is, is believing these accusations because these are women. And I'm asking you the question, does it make sense? Isn't that just as bad? Isn't it just as bad to not believe somebody because they're a woman 
as it is to believe someone because they're a woman. We've swung right past truth and fairness and justice in America today, and I think this is not just true of women's allegations in general. I think it's true when we do that for any race, sex, gender, ethnicity, uh, religion, uh, anybody who uh, sexual orientation. You have to look at the individual facts of every case, and you can't allow a case to stand in as an example of, oh, this is, this is what's so prevalent in sexual harassment in society where you automatically believe a woman just because she is a woman. I, I just I, I don't think that makes sense. So the reason why I bring that up is I think if you look at all the text interchanges between uh, this, uh, this ESPN employee, what would you say his name is, Butchie Gross? John Butchie Gross. Close to it, whatever. That's a tough name to pronounce. That's as close as you're going to get from me this early in the morning. Um, and also there's a story in there about Matthew Barry. Uh, who's a fantasy sports guy, supposedly going to a strip club with uh, with a woman with Jim some women, uh, yeah. After interviewing uh, and having a dinner, now I understand in general, like the idea that you shouldn't do that when you're interviewing an employee. That was probably a bad move after dinner. But is it now not not allowed for a guy to go to a strip club with coworkers? I mean that honestly. Like I I I've been to strip clubs all over the place, right? Uh, not like I go there regularly, but every time I've been to Las Vegas in the last decade, I've probably ended up in a strip club. Just FYI, I've gone to strip clubs with coworkers of both sexes before in groups too. Is that now sexual harassment? Wouldn't it be sexual harassment if you're going somewhere and you don't invite everybody to go with you? I mean, I mean that's an, that's an honest question. Like I'll give you an example. We uh, have done uh, television um, in Vegas when I was with FS1. And first of all, it's Vegas. So people go out to clubs. You know, your lifestyle is different in Vegas than it might be otherwise. Uh, I have done like uh, a night where we finished the finished the show in Las Vegas. And then a group of people say, okay, let's go out and get some dinner and drinks. And then an additional group goes on to a strip club. To me, you offer the right for anybody to go. If they don't want to go, they don't have to go. But is that sexual harassment? Is that the standard now where if you uh, go to, if you're a guy and you go to a strip club in Vegas and you offer for the female employees who were also there, like, hey, we just finished dinner, we've had some drinks, I think we're going to go to a strip club. Is that sexual harassment now? Wouldn't it be un- – I mean, I'm, I'm asking this question honestly. Wouldn't it be unfair to go to a strip club and be like, oh, and we're going to a strip club and no women are allowed to go? Like, we're excluding women from the offer to go to this, uh, to go to this strip club. And look, I, I say this as a guy who did sexual harassment training – um, and seminars for companies. Like, to me, I treat men and women the exact same, for better or worse, right? And so if I'm going to do anything and there's a female coworker there, I'm going to offer her the opportunity to go wherever we want as well. Now, if you don't want to go, that's fine. But is it sexual harassment now to offer a female coworker when you're in Las Vegas? This is probably something that a lot of people think about, right? Like, there are all sorts of conventions that go on in Las Vegas. There's all sorts of going out and drinking and going to have food and everything else. If uh, if you go out to a strip club now, like, because I read that Boston Globe article and I was like, okay, I see that story, but why is that? Is it inappropriate to go now to a strip club with coworkers? Is that it not is allowed? In the article, it is when the article. If she's if she, what she's saying is correct, she says she doesn't know that's where they were going. And then as soon as they got there, she was teased about being uncomfortable. So that would be a little bit different, right? Like obviously, well, if you consent to go, that I would don't be know, different because that's than not knowing where you're headed. You have the right to not go. 
Right. But I'm saying if you're in a car with somebody or you're going to whatever you think it is, it was after a company outing, apparently, with a lot of different employees and several of the males, I guess, and Barry may have gone to this deal, but she claims that she didn't know they were going to a strip club. To me, that would make it different. I don't know how you prove something like that. I'm just suggesting that that would be different if you think you're going one place and you uh, end yeah, up at I a guess, strip club. I guess that that's would be a true, problem. but I don't, I don't, in my entire life, I don't ever remember being in a car with a woman and taking her somewhere where she didn't know we were going. Right? I don't remember how many times I've gotten, I don't think I've ever gotten into a car or an Uber and gone somewhere and had no idea where I was going right and so if that's true right I mean I'm saying that seems like a story that would be a little bit odd right like so if that's true if they got into a car and she didn't have any idea where they were going they're like okay hey the night's not over we're gonna get in a car and go somewhere else and then she's like she doesn't say where like that just seems strange to me I know Jen Sturger I I like her I've done a couple of different uh, shows with her at FS1 so I'm not disparaging her story i'm just saying that would seem like a strange kind like that to me that's next to level right like to me that seems like a strange kind of situation where you get into a car having no idea where you're going and then like okay you have dinner and people are like hey we're gonna go out and have another couple of drinks you in and everybody's like yeah sure let's go and nobody says like hey where are we going and the next thing you know you pull up at a strip club that's a little bit different if that actually happened in that story okay that that feels strange but and maybe the answer is also when you're interviewing somebody, then I haven't ever done that. Like where you, the interviewee feels like they have to do whatever you suggest because they want to go to get a job. That also would be a different context. But I feel like, you see what I'm saying here? I feel like we're in an era where if you make a suggestion, like even if you say, hey, we're going to go to a strip club, people are like, oh, that's, that's sexual harassment. You can't do that. And I just... Yeah. I, I, I think that that, w- that that would actually be, and this is, I, I'm, I'm going to open up phone lines on this. And I'm actually going to open up phone lines on this. 877-996-6369. I actually think the unfair thing would be if you didn't offer the person that you were with the opportunity to go with you as well. Right? I mean, I, t- to me, like, and I'm using Vegas as an example. It may be different if you're in Topeka on a random Wednesday night. Like, okay, that's not somewhere where you would typically kind of end up. I feel like Vegas is a place where people do things that are more risque than they would maybe in their their home base than if you're in a Buffalo on a Tuesday night or if you're in, you know, there are lots of things in Vegas which are normal in Vegas that would not be normal elsewhere. I think going to a strip club is normal behavior in Vegas. Some of you out there may say, oh, that's totally crazy. It's not normal behavior. I think it's also normal behavior in Vegas to sit with a coworker and gamble. That's something that you probably wouldn't do elsewhere. I think it's normal behavior in Vegas to maybe go to a show where there's nudity involved that isn't even a, you know, quote unquote, like strip club or anything. Like you could go see Zumanity and they come out topless, right? That's probably something you wouldn't do at a normal company event. So if you're doing a company event in Vegas, that is a different kind of standard. And so anyway, I'm using this example because you go in and you look at all these circumstances. And the allegations against one of the guys who's a sports center anchor, I went and read all the text interchange, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, does every man who has any relationship at all with a woman at his place of business now have to save every text message he's ever sent so that if he gets accused of inappropriate behavior, he can provide that private conversation to his employer and say, oh, no, no, I didn't do anything inappropriate. And also on the, uh, on the other front, 
if you are out with a group of people, uh, and I think they were in Charlotte or something like that, uh, are you not allowed to make a decision to go to a strip club with coworkers? Is that considered sexual harassment now? Well, she, I, I, I mean, she's claiming she's claiming it's harassment, but the thing that that stands out about that one part of it says, or she says, that she and Matthew Barry were both admonished for the strip club outing. Whether or not you believe that should have happened or not, she didn't get a job, and Matthew Barry did because they were both interviewing at the same time. ESPN said they chose another woman who had more experience, but sent an email. Uh, saying that Sturger could have improved her chances by showing more professional behavior. And then Barry became senior fantasy analyst and one of the most influential persons in fantasy sports, that coming from the Boston Globe article. So that's that's interesting. I don't know that she's necessarily talking about how objectionable being at the strip club was as opposed to the fact that he didn't seem to get the same treatment as she did after the fact so that might be a little bit of a nuance between those two. Yeah, and then she I just, mentioned another encounter just, with Barry that was a little bit worse. Yeah, but I mean, again, like I under like going after. I just feel like we have moved into an era where, like, we're so diving into the details of every single interaction that I read the text interchange between the Sports Center anchor and this woman who's filed a lawsuit of inappropriate behavior, and I'm like, I don't see anything bad here. Now, maybe you can say there's something bad in that you should never date anybody that you work with. All right, I'm not willing to accept that standard, right? Because a ton of people listening right now end up married to the people they work with. And also, I'm not willing to accept the standard that if you're a guy and you go to a strip club with a coworker, that you've somehow committed a huge issue of sexual harassment. Like, the standard of sexual harassment, and what I'm getting at here is is expanding to the point where there's behavior that I don't think is harassive at all that immediately gets accepted as being in the wrong. And look, I haven't been in any way lenient towards ESPN. I think it's fair to say. But when I read the accusations against both these guys published in a major newspaper, which will undoubtedly embarrass them and also embarrass their families and everybody else, I read this and I was like, this, to me, doesn't seem to be anywhere near the level of sexual harassment. I'm curious if people agree with me. 877-996-6369. By the way, men and women. I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, the crazy thing and the difficult thing about sexual harassment in general, and I used to do seminars to try to teach in-house uh, sexual harassment-related issues, and I also did sexual harassment investigations, so I know that it's a very serious issue, but it's in the mind of the accuser. So as a man, think about how rare you're very good at explaining what your wife or girlfriend is going to think about a situation. Think about the sexes and how often their minds are in different places in general. And to me, I just, I, I, I really wonder when I read this Boston Globe story, I was like, man, I'm sure that there are serious sexual harassment issues that have gone on at ESPN. I'm not sure this Boston Globe story is is probing them in that way. Now, there are several stories in there that are awful um, about how women who, were, for instance, were pregnant were treated differently. All those things. That's structural. That's a major issue inside of ESPN in general. And I think certainly pregnancy is a challenging issue for many people at many different companies all over uh, the country. And our way that we deal with maternity leave and paternity leave and everything else when you have children, I've certainly dealt with that in my own life in terms of the way that my wife had to, you know, she didn't get maternity leave when we had kids. Um, and so she had to use her 
or hell, uh, you know, her her vacation days to be able to take off time when we had our first two kids. And I thought that was crazy. You know, I, I thought that it was crazy that you couldn't just get a specific amount of time of maternity leave. Like, uh, and everybody has different policies, and and that obviously is an issue for ESPN. If I were running ESPN, given how wealthy that company is, if somebody has a baby, I would try to be as as uh, as, as as forthcoming and forthright and and lenient as you could possibly be, while understanding obviously that running a business is difficult if you have tons of employees that also are out on maternity and paternity leave. So all these things when I read that story were to me fascinating, but I think we've already moved into an era where you end up with uh, with you know kind of maybe we'll read some of those text messages um, as I was reading them this morning that ESPN released. Um, and I can read them to you, and you can be like, yeah, that sounds like a normal conversation that a guy trying to date a girl might have. Didn't sound inappropriate at all. 877-996-6369. We'll open up the phone lines. But first, let me find out what's trending with my guy, Eddie Garcia. Thanks, Clay. Let's uh, start off with Thursday Night Football in the NFL where the Broncos beat the Colts 25-13. to Brock Osweiler had to come into the game at quarterback for Denver and for the injured Trevor Simeon, who left with a shoulder injury. And Osweiler had three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. Denver gets its first road win of the season. In the NBA, we have the Cavaliers beating the Lakers 121-112. LeBron James had a triple-double, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists in the win. Warriors, still without injured star Steph Curry and Draymond Green, won their eighth in a row beating the Mavericks 112-97. Kevin Durant, 36 points, 11 rebounds. And the Knicks down the Nets 111-104. Chris Porzingis, leading scorer for New York, did leave the game in the third quarter with a sore knee. And Clay, it is time for our Geico Play of the Day. Osweiler's in the gun. Looks over the middle. He's got Hyman there. Hyman makes the catch inside the 20. Stiff arms himself away from a defender and rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. KOA 850 in the Broncos Radio Network on the call. That was the third touchdown of the game for Brock Osweiler. Again, two passing, one rushing. Denver beating Indianapolis 25-13. Again, that's our Geico play of the day. Good stuff. I'll read you some of these text exchanges that ESPN has published to say, hey, we don't think there was any inappropriateness. And also, I want to take your calls in general. Um, Again, sexual harassment is a serious issue. But have we already moved into the realm where the moment that somebody is accused, everybody says, oh, my God, look at what happened here. This is unacceptable. I read this article. I checked my Twitter messages. A ton of you are like, oh, my God, have you read this article? This is unacceptable. And then this morning I woke up and I read all the text exchanges, and I was like, this sounds like the kind of che- a text that a guy who's trying to date a girl would send. I just I, I don't understand. If you didn't have these text exchanges saved, then he probably would have gotten fired, the Sports Center anchor. But I read these, and I'm like, this just seems like a normal text interchange between a guy trying to date a girl. And so have we reached the point where the accusation itself is so weaponized that it's almost impossible for a guy to defend himself, even if he didn't do anything inappropriate? We'll talk about that and more. I'm Clay Travis, the Southgate, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This holiday music is always amazing when we're going to go straight from holiday music to sexual harassment talk. It's just such a disconnect between, oh, hey, happy holidays. You're about to get fired because you sent an inappropriate text message. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance as well. Love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to FoxSportsRadio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Now, look, here's the deal. I feel even a little bit inappropriate reading somebody else's text messages, but ESPN has released these 
to try to protect their sports center anchor who was accused of sexually harassing behavior in a big Boston Globe article. And by the way, you guys know if you listen to this show that I'm not afraid to take a side that might aggravate and offend some people. I haven't heard anybody else saying, look, I don't think this guy, John Butchie, whose name I can't even pronounce, Butchie Gross, that's the way I'm going to pronounce it. If it's wrong, then then I'm off, all right? I've, I, I haven't heard anybody hardly come out and say, you know what, I, I'm, I don't think this guy did anything that was sexually harassive. You know I'm critical of ESPN a lot on this show. I'm reading these texts right now, and I think this is a great example of how a woman is trying to use things that aren't inappropriate as a way to make him look bad. All right, so the article in the Boston Globe says, this guy was really inappropriate. He sent shirtless photos to me, and also he called me doll face, long legs, and all these other things. This is so inappropriate, okay? As I'm reading these texts, uh, she sends to him, I believe, Happy Sunday, so now that Cleveland has a championship, what's your availability look like for this week? And he responds, and this is after a few other emails they've got here, hey, dollface, exclamation, what do you have in mind, time of day, etc.? whatever is copious, comfortable for you. And so they're setting up a date. So he called her, hey, dollface, and setting up a date. I don't know. I mean, a dollface kind of sounds like something an old dude would say. But am I going to read that and be like, oh, my God, that's so sexually harassive. She's asking him if he can go out to dinner, and he called her dollface. Uh, anyway, so they talk about where they can go out to dinner. And then the interaction between the two of them, you can read all these text messages. I'll tweet them out. I'm reading on, I mean, the ESPN released these as like, I don't, you can't just fire this guy because that's the easy thing to do. I actually think ESPN's doing the right thing here. They looked at these text messages and they said, no, we're not going to fire this guy because the easiest thing they could have done is just immediately fire somebody. But when you actually look at all of these text messages about them going out to dinner, I don't know what kind of relationship they had, but they were going out to dinner privately. Uh, And she said, okay, well, he called me long legs, all right? Um, And he called her doll face a couple of times. Good luck, doll, he says in these uh, situations. Here's where the long legs statement comes. Uh, This Butchie Gross texts her, don't forget, if you ever need any privacy, phone call, etc., you can use my office. I always leave my door open. She responds, thanks. I do need to use it. You're so generous. Thank you. Promise not to adjust your seat height. Thumbs up. And then he hashtags long legs. Now, I don't know if he's saying that he has long legs or she has long legs. I don't know how tall she is, but is that inappropriately inappropriate at all? Like, uh, again, assuming these are the entirety of their text interchanges, have we really entered a situation where a guy has to has to full has to like keep everything uh, everything here? So this woman says Lawrence accused John Butchie Gross, a longtime Sports Center anchor who she viewed as a mentor, of sending unsolicited shirtless photographs of himself. That's in response. Maybe he's a little bit aggressive. Like it's a funny response, but she's saying she's going to send him a picture of somebody on their plane who look on the plane who looks funny, calling her dollface, dream girl, and long legs in messages from 2016. Uh, I don't understand how this is inappropriate behavior at all you guys have now read all these text interchanges and again this is where we are in 2017 now where usually when a guy gets accused of inappropriate behavior everybody says oh you should be fired but I read this and I'm like I don't see him having done anything wrong do you guys agree with me Jason Martin 
Clay, I think I've got a kind of a unique take here because this is the life that I'm living. Right You're a single now. You know, guy dated, texting girls. Dated, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've dated like six, seven women this year, and all of them have big to time come player from alert. Big exchanges. time humble brag. Up, humble that's brag. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I've I've had to the way that I've had. Have to you know, even seen a naked girl before? Don't brag. Don't. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to explain this. I'm yes. talking to women that well, I you know, haven't gotten to meet yet, and I'm meeting them through text messages, and I have to be very cognizant of what I'm saying. But the stuff that John Buchagras is saying here, I don't see all that much here. And I was looking for the shirtless thing, and then I finally found him saying, yes, all I can send is me making pancakes shirtless. I'll throw on oil and be like the flag bearer from Tonga. That, to me, sounds like a joke, and her response is, you need to wear clothes this closer. And then her next response is, around this weekend? And they continue to talk about what they're going to do. Like, you know, the one problem with, with all of these sexual harassment stories thus far is that the women have tended to be credible because the guys have come out and said, yeah, okay, I did all of this stuff. And most of it, all of it actually, has been worse than what I'm looking at in this interchange. But there haven't been the innocent guys that have been accused yet in these bigger stories. This is, not this is yet. What, I'm not saying that that, that that doesn't lead to false I think problems that's this. and all of that. That's, I, that is I, the slippery slope of the whole thing is all of the really bad stuff then makes it so, well, maybe I was sexually harassed. And then you can try to look back into your past and see what happened. But I don't see – I'm looking through it. I've looked through all of it as well. And I think ESPN got this one right too. Like I don't think Buchagross did anything wrong at all. As a matter of fact, he seemed to be pretty pleasant the way – and she even talked about how he was generous in the text messages about you know letting her, letting her use his office to do some work and things like that when he wasn't there, that he would leave his door open for her and all of those things. Like, And then they're talking about music, and then she says, hey, if, you're wanna, if you ever want to be or if you ever want to need a concert companion, I love all types of music. And they're talking about various concerts and all sorts of things like that. So I don't see anything at all in this that John Buchagross has done wrong, quite frankly, because she never indicates at any point in any kind of serious fashion that she's uncomfortable with anything that they're talking about. I agree. And L.A., are you guys in agreement with me here? I mean, to me, this is where you get dangerous. When everybody's being accused of sexual harassment, unless he had all of these text messages saved, there wouldn't be any evidence to protect him. And so I think if you're at ESPN and you review this, the easy thing to do in this day and age is just any time a guy gets accused of sexual harassment, you just fire him, right? I mean, that's literally the easiest decision you can make. And you just throw the guy to the wolves and say his behavior was inappropriate. ESPN did the right thing here. They looked at the facts. They reviewed it. I'm going to tweet out the link to these text uh, messages. And I think they actually did the right thing here. Um, and uh, anyway, we're going to talk about this. 877-996-6369. I'll also play you this Warren Sapp audio, which you absolutely positively have to hear next on OutKick. Live from the Geico OutKick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We're talking about a, a big story in the Boston Globe alleging a hostile work environment for women at ESPN. Now, I'm not dismissing every aspect of this story. I think if you are pregnant and you were treated as uh, several of the women in this story were, I think that's unacceptable. Okay, I'm not saying that ESPN is perfect, but in particular, there are two male employees named in this article. Uh, John Butchie Gross, whose name I may be butchering, um, and also Matthew Berry. And both of those guys are still employed at ESPN. One of the co-workers of the SportsCenter anchor, we'll call him Butchie, uh, made allegations that he had behaved inappropriately in a lawsuit that she has filed. 
ESPN investigated, reviewed the evidence, and said they found that he had not behaved inappropriately. Late last night, they also took the next step of releasing the text messages between the two, and I just read a few of them. I We shared the link here on the show early this morning, and we're using this as a jumping-off point about the larger cultural dis- discussion going on about sexual harassment in the workplace. My position in general is that we have rapidly moved from an era when you read a lot of the stuff about Harvey Weinstein or, frankly, Matt Lauer or a lot of the other men who have lost their jobs. You read those and you say, oh, yeah, those guys have to go. You can't do that at the job. But I think we've moved rapidly in the space of two or three weeks into a story like the one I read about the Boston Globe where Butchie Gross is being accused of inappropriate behavior for dating a, uh, a co-worker at the time at ESPN, and you read the text messages, and they aren't inappropriate. And then also, uh, you have a situation where Matthew Barry is accused of behaving inappropriately because he went to a strip club with co-workers. And again, if that's the standard, I'm like, why is that sexual harassment? Now, some of you are, somebody just tweeted me and said, and, and Jen Sturger, who used to be uh, at Florida State, a cowgirl was involved in this story. Uh, somebody just texted me, Jen Sturger can't complain about sexual harassment when she posed for Playboy and Maxim. Well, that's just not true. <laughs> All right. The, 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 part of the problem here is that you're dealing with human emotions and the law, which is always challenging. Let me just reiterate this. Just because a woman play, posed nude for Playboy doesn't mean she can't be sexually harassed. And certainly right. the same tweeting. thing Leanne, is yeah, I mean, a true tweeting. of Maxim. Like Leanne you, Tweeting was in Maxim in a bikini model, and she got Al Franken ousted. I mean, it doesn't matter what you did. You can, you can be harassed no matter what you do for a living. Well, I mean, you can make a choice to pose nude and still be treated inappropriately at your job. Just like, by the, and then, by the way, the logic on this that's flawed is you can say like, oh, well, she was asking for it. Did you see what she was wearing? Yeah. That's not a good line of defense. <laughs> that's the wrong angle to take here. So that's I'm not saying that that because of Jen Sturger's background that I think going to the strip club was a problem. What I'm saying is I, I don't believe that that's sexual harassment. Myself, if you put me on a jury and you said, so these coworkers, they went out for dinner and then they decided they wanted to have drinks afterwards and they went to the strip club, is that sexual harassment? No. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, now, if what she's saying, that she got into a car, she had no idea where she was going, and when she showed up at the strip club and she didn't want to go in, that it was sexual harassment, I think that gets into, like, what was the actual vibe? Was she, like, legitimately not wanting to go in, and they grabbed her and they dragged her in? Well, that's inappropriate, all right? Or was she like, ah, I'm not sure if I'm going to go in, and a couple of guys were like, hey, we're going to have drinks. There's other girls in here. You should come in. And she's like, I don't know if I want to come in. And they're like, ah, come on. If you don't want to go, that's fine. And then she felt pressured to go in. And she's like, that's sexual harassment? I think that's a more challenging situation. Um, But my point in a larger context here is we have to maintain our sanity in an era when it's easy for a, a woman right now, frankly, to accuse a man of sexual harassment and for a company especially if it's a prominent employee and ESPN knows they're going to get an article written about them to just kick him to the curb. But I think the evidence, at least that's public right now, that we can look at these text messages, I don't think he did anything inappropriate. Let's go out to L.A. Jason Martin, you said you think about this because you're a single guy. I think about it because I'm a married guy. Like, you know, every text me- every email that I send at this point in time, honestly, 
I think, would I be okay with this going public on a, uh, on a website? Because I've attained a certain level of prominence, and if I do something that people are like, oh my God, Clay Travis behaved inappropriately, it could be a lead story on Deadspin or some other site that doesn't like me. It just could. And so every email that I send, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, would I be okay with this email going public? Now, the standard for me is probably a lot different than the standard is for other people, by the way, too, because I try to leave my, live my life openly and just be honest about everything that I do. So I think most of the time, if you guys read my emails, you'd be like, yeah, that's exactly what I expect Clay Travis to sound like. He sounds the exact same on the radio show. Uh, he sounds the exact same on his Periscope and Facebook show. He sounds the exact same in his articles. Like I try to live my life so there's not that much difference, frankly, between my public and my private life. I don't think that if you talk to me at a bar, I would sound much different than I do on the radio show every morning. And that's because I try to be as honest as possible every day. But not everybody has the freedom to be as honest as I do in their jobs. And so when I see a situation like this, I actually have to say props to ESPN for standing up for their employee and moreover given the criticism that you know they're going to get and how big this story is going to be, I got to give them props for releasing the text messages because then everybody can just go read them. I just tweeted out the link uh, to the big lead, my guy Jason McIntyre's site. They put up the text messages, and I got to tell you, I don't see anything wrong with these text messages at all um, in the grand scheme of things. Now, would I call a girl dollface? Probably not because it sounds like something my uh, my grandfather would have said, but, you know, could I see myself, if I were dating a girl, complimenting her on her looks, even though she was a coworker? Yeah. Could I see me complimenting on her having long legs? Yeah. I mean, again, you can go read these text messages for yourself. We've read a couple of them. Uh, what's your position on this, L.A.? Am I crazy, or are you guys in agreement with me here that there doesn't seem to be much wrong? Yeah, hey, uh, hey Clay and uh, Jason. Uh, I was Sam here. I So let's let's separate all these things. I want to just say the Matthew Barry thing. Am I, am I correct here when I'm saying that he was interviewing a woman for a position and on the same day brought her to a strip club? Is that correct? I don't, I don't know the full details. I don't know if he had the if, like, if he had the opportunity and ability to make a decision in the hiring situation. I don't know. Like I'll just and, and again, I, I don't know the specifics behind this. And I would agree that that's a little bit of uh, of a different kind of caliber of behavior. What usually happens, I'll say this: when you are uh, doing like a uh, a search for an interview process or like conducting an interview process, is in television they bring in like forty people and do a ton of different pilots if they're talking about doing a new show. That's oftentimes what happens. And so uh, I've been on, I bet, I bet I have filmed 50 pilots with FS1 for a variety of different shows over the last six or seven years, whatever the math is, however long FS1 has existed. When they were initially starting the network, they brought out a ton of people and they would do all these different panels where you would sit, they would record them, they'd go back and watch, analyze how you did. Then I've been on a ton of different pilots for Cowherd shows, Whitlock shows, I've, you know, you've done a lot of those different things. A lot of times there are multiple people there. Speaking as somebody who has been on those pilots and also speaking as talent in general, I don't think very many guys have the ability to say, this is the person I want and get them, or girls for that matter, if the, if the suits don't agree. In other words, Colin Cowherd is insanely successful, right? I don't think necessarily that Colin Cowherd can say, I want this person and I want, you know, like, I don't think Colin Cowherd has hiring and firing decisions, even, even Colin Cowherd. 
right? And so I think that if Colin doesn't necessarily have hiring and firing decisions, he can give his opinion, the suits can consider it. I just find it hard to believe that Matthew Barry, at that time, just a fantasy guy, and they're talking about doing a daily fantasy show, I don't think he would have been high up enough to have hiring and firing authority. Okay, so when, yeah. when they says it's an interview, I think it's different if you are a superior. Like, I agree completely. If you're a superior and you bring in a girl for an interview and you guys go out to dinner and then you're like, and by the way, I think that's a little bit weird to go out to dinner, just the two of you anyway. I think you yes. should probably just interview at the, uh, at the office. But let's say you interview at the office and then you're like, hey, afterwards, I'm going to go get a drink. Do you want to come out for a drink? I think that puts the woman in an awkward position yes. because then she feels like she has to go to dinner. She has to feel like she has to go get a drink with you because you're in a position of power over her. And she feels like, is this continue, continuing the interview? Do I have to be cool? Do I have to agree to hang out with this guy? Do I have to spend time with him in order to get a job? Then that would be inappropriate. What I am reading this is not Matthew Barry is a suit sitting in an office making a hiring and firing decision. I'm seeing this as they were basically filming a pilot. Jen Sturger was one of the people on the pilot. And again, if I'm wrong, I could be could be misreading this. But this is the danger of reading stories like these in the newspaper. And then they decided as a group, let's go out and get some drinks and dinner after we did this pilot. And then from there, they decided to go to a strip club. I've done a bunch of pilots. Uh, we did an outkick pilot. And everybody who was on that pilot went out for dinner and drinks afterwards. Now, we didn't go to a strip club, but we went out for dinner and drinks afterwards to be like, hey, I thought we did a really good job here. Let's talk about how we thought the pilot went. And that was guys and girls too. And, you know, like, I don't think there there's anything inappropriate about that. And by the way, I don't think I put people in awkward shape because even when I was doing that pilot, I didn't control hiring and firing decisions. I could be like, hey, I thought this person was good, but my opinion would just be weighted like somebody else's opinion in a suit. Now, I think the more powerful you are, like I said, Colin's a great example. I think Colin could close to be able to pick whoever he wants, but I still think the suits would look at it and say, eh, we don't necessarily like that. And I'll give you an example before. Like, I was pitched having uh, my own morning show on FS1, and I liked a couple of different guys that I wanted to do the show with, and I said, man, I think this is going to be really good. I'd like to do the show with, I'll just say it. I mean, I've talked about it. I'd like to do the show with Eddie George. Eddie George and I did a pilot. We did a, a show together, and the suits came back and said, ah, we don't think you and Eddie will be very good. I disagreed with them, but I wasn't powerful enough to be like, hey, I want Eddie. And then I wasn't willing to let somebody else pick a co-host for me. And you can say that's crazy, but I've done enough television and enough radio that if I'm going to be working with somebody every day, I want to make sure that I have a good working relationship with somebody and so I've passed on opportunities because they've been like, hey, we want you to do this, but we're going to pick somebody else for you to work with. I'm not going to do that. And, and you can say that's crazy. Like, oh, just take the television show, do whatever. No. I mean, like, if I'm going to go to work every day and do a television show or a radio show for that matter, I want to know the people that I work with. And so, uh, you know, I may not be high enough on the flow chart to be able to do that. But I answering your question, Iowa Sam, that's kind of circling around and explaining uh what I think the context of that was as I read it. Sure. Yeah. I, listen, I, you have to judge the tone. And that goes to not only John Butchergrass's situation with the text messages, but also whether or not you have a female colleague or subordinate, whatever it may be, and what, whether that if it's comfortable or if it seems uh, appropriate to take that person to a strip club. I mean, you really have to have like a friendly working relationship uh, to to have that 
be okay with everybody. Um, and again, there's like power. There's a power dynamic here in play. So, I, strip clubs like there's nudity involved. Is, is that is that safe for work, so to speak? Like there's all these questions that kind of go through your mind. And maybe I don't know if he went if he made the right decision in trying to take someone to a strip club. I mean, for me, that's different from the Butchergrass stuff. I mean, the Butchergrass stuff seemed like more uh, like friendly banter, flirtatious banter. And we read through it. Justin and I read through it during the break. It didn't seem like a whole lot of red flags, like the doll face and the long legs thing, maybe. But really, I think these two things are, are a little bit different. I can see that. Um, but again, I, I just am looking at this in the context of these guys did a pilot. They went out to get dinner and drinks, and then they decided, hey, you know what? Let's go to a strip club. And, you know, maybe uh, Jen Starger didn't want to go. And I think, you know, the, the, that's always an interesting question is when can you just divide the line between your work and your private life? There are a lot of people out there who are like, man, I don't want to go to my holiday party, <laughs> right? Like, but you feel like you're obligated to have to go to your holiday party for Christmas. You're like, man, I already work here. I already come here and work 50 hours. I guarantee you there's a ton of people out there listening to me right now who are driving into work on a Friday and they've got a holiday party that they're going to after work today. And they're like, the last thing I want to have to do when I finish work after a long week is go hang out with the people that I work with because I can't stand a lot of these people, right? I mean, that's normal. A lot of people have jobs. They don't like the people they work with. And But you also, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are thousands of people driving to work right now across the country listening to this show in this exact situation. They're like, I've got to go to a holiday party. How long do I have to stay? You know, maybe you're bringing your spouse with you and you're like, hey, we got to make an appearance at this company holiday party. I only want to stay for 45 minutes. We got to go talk to the boss. We got to go have a drink, walk around, don't be a Grinch, uh, say hi to everybody, and then we're out. And that's probably especially true in this modern era we're in right now where there's a lot of people walking into holiday parties like the last thing I want to do is have some drinks and the next thing you know I'm getting accused of sexual harassment because I said something inappropriate to a coworker. I'd rather have a beer, maybe not even any alcohol at all, and then just get out of here and go on with my private life. And I think that's a question that lots of people have in general um, it, that, uh, that totally uh, it makes sense in a larger context. I'm going to take your calls. We're also going to play you this Warren Sapp audio so we can have a little bit of fun with this. Warren Sapp was accused in a lawsuit filed in the NFL Network case, which, by the way, is infinitely more significant than this story from the Boston Globe alleging inappropriate behavior at the NFL Network. Warren Sapp, and this is an unbelievable fact to me, accused of giving a female co- co-worker a sex toy as a Christmas present for three straight years. That by itself is just an amazing play. Warren Sapp's like, I'm going to give you a sex toy once, doesn't stick with it, comes back with another sex toy in year three, and then a third sex toy uh, in, in year three. That's a pretty unbelievable pull. I almost think it's easier to defend three sex toys where you're just giving sex toys all the time to people than it is one sex toy. But he went on the radio and he tried to defend himself. I'm also going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I, I'm uh, impressed at the responses on Twitter so far. Uh, the one that made me uh, the one that made me laugh the most here is uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to find it, and again, you can go find me on uh, on Twitter at Clay Travis, and I tweeted out the link um, of this uh, situation. 
Brandon May says, if that's sexual harassment, then I'm just never talking to any female coworkers again. And I think as the holiday season comes around, there's a lot of guys who are like, screw it. I'm not, I just like, I, I mean, I think there are a lot of guys that are making a decision like that. You know, just screw it. I'm, I'm not even going to engage in anything other than like just the facts at my job. And uh, that is, uh, that is pretty, uh, pretty impressive uh response again i'm going to give credit to espn here for actually looking at the uh, text messages we're going to have uh play for you this warren sap audio and have some fun with that here momentarily um 877-996-6369 is our phone number uh, but i also want to tell you uh please join me in fox sports radio as we partner with salvation army i told you before my grandfather back in 1936 had no money salvation army gave him 10 bucks to be able to buy groceries he donated money for the rest of his life and you guys can help out somebody else in need this holiday season as well if you go to foxsportsradio.com click on the red kettle icon to donate foxsportsradio.com click on the red kettle icon or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN that's 1-833-SAL-JOIN and please donate today all right do we have the warren sap audio of warren sap explaining uh he was accused in the nfl network uh a lawsuit that was filed that has cost several people to be suspended from their jobs. He was caused um, to uh, to uh, defend himself. He went on a local radio station and he offered this defense as to why he decided to give or not give a sex toy to a coworker. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup ladies. What worried is uh, it's just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. Lipstick, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. All right, a couple, several questions about this amazing interview there, uh, asking Warren Sapp about whether he gave sex toys to coworkers. First of all, does Warren Sapp not consider a vibrator to be a sex toy? Because that's the first question that I have. Because he says no, 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 no. When he's asked if he gave sex toys, and then he specifically describes the sex toy that he gave to his coworkers. So. I would love, let's spin zone Warren Sapp here. All right, if I am retained as the attorney to defend Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp has been accused of giving sex toys to women that he worked with at the NFL Network. Warren Sapp has specifically asked that question in this radio interview. I want you to listen to this again. He starts off by saying, no, no, no. Like, there's no way that I gave sex toys to women. And then I want you to listen to the rest of the interview. Here this is again, one of the most unbelievable responses to an interview question I have heard in a long time. Here we go again. This is Warren Sapp when asked if he gave sex toys to women. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like 
Uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Because it's for the makeup ladies. All right. So what is Warren Sapp even trying to say here? Like, I can't even conceive of a legitimate, de- uh, a legitimate defense for Warren Sapp now on the question of whether or not he gave sex toys to coworkers. Maybe he's trying to say that he didn't give them because they asked for them. But I don't know about you, but if somebody asked for something and you give it to them, it's still a gift unless they paid for it themselves. So I don't even know what defense Warren Sapp could be offering here. Does he only consider sex toys to be large? <laughs> I, I don't know because he seems to be distinguishing that this is a small sex toy. So like, I guess if he had brought like a kickstand uh, vibrator, then that would have been a sex toy in his mind. Like if you had that, like a, like a bike is so big, you had to kick a kickstand down to like have the thing. Uh, it's like a bazooka that you had to hold uh, that way. Like I don't understand what in the world he's doing here. I think it's probably difficult in this day and age to have given sex toys to female coworkers and then say that you never did it and then admit it in the interview. And I'm like, yeah, Warren Sapp probably did it. Anybody have any spin zone defense for Warren Sapp here to this response? Jason Martin. This is the worst defense ever because <laughs> he's basically asserting, and he actually says this in the interview, that if Cantor got one of these things, she must have gotten it from one of the women working in makeup so his defense strategy i'm reading this from yahoo and it's exactly right against sexual harassment includes an account that he gave sex toys to three other women he worked with not just the plaintiff and again and i mentioned this that's yesterday. actually really funny yeah and so i mentioned this yesterday he didn't get this lipstick that moves around a little bit from coles.com right he didn't get it from macy's.com he didn't get it from dillard's.com or nordstrom's.com no he got it from screamingo.com I, I don't – come on, Warren. I mean, nobody could be as dumb as you sound. He literally actually said, I gave it to three women, but I didn't give it to her. Like, what are you talking about, man? Just sometimes people need to shut up. Warren Sapp's probably one of those people. I think – do we have more of this audio? I think Warren Sapp blamed CTE, which I got to be honest with you. I, I got to – I'm waiting bold. for uh, – it's bold defense. But I'm waiting for more athletes to start doing this. Like, anytime they're accused of wrongdoing, just be like, you know what? Is my CTE acting up? I don't really remember anything. I played in the NFL for 10 years. My brain doesn't work that well anymore. Warren Sapp, did you sexually harass this woman? I might have, but if I did, it was during my time when my CTE was acting up. I don't remember. She says that you gave her a vibrating lipstick as a sex toy. Did you give that to her? I don't know. I might have gone on ScreamingO.com and bought a bunch of lipstick vibrators, but I don't remember. I can't be honest. My, my CTE was acting up. We don't. How do we not have the entire audio of this Warren Sapp interview? Our decisions on what audio clips we have and what audio clips we don't have, can we find the audio guy and just make him come early this morning and be in? Like, I want to do like a Spanish Inquisition with our audio guy. Who's in charge of audio at Fox Sports Radio? There's a there's a whole crew of audio guys. There's not just I one. Want, can I can I get and, all yeah, of them? All of them. How many do we have? Um, I'd say maybe like six. Okay. Can I get all six of them? Can we wake them up in the middle of the night and make them come and sit as a panel and answer questions for me? Because the audio people at Fox Sports Radio, half the time I want to strangle them because I'm like there are three audio clips here. You know, in one. LeBron James talks about potentially going to, like this is just an example. In one, LeBron James talks about potentially going to Los Angeles. In the other two clips, he says, yeah, we had a pretty good game. And, uh, you know, it's always, it's always, you know, like nothing, right? Like 
I, I can give them three options. Which of these three is going to be a major story? And inevitably, they take the audio from the two that don't matter. And so I come in in the morning and I'm like, hey, let's play the audio of LeBron this today, for example. I say, let's play the audio of LeBron James saying that Lonzo would be fun to play with. And let's surely we've got it in the system, right? It's to the point where I have to text Jason Martin the night before the show and be like, hey, make sure that we have this audio. So I think we need to have an inquisition. I think we need to bring in all the audio people at Fox Sports Radio. And I think I need to start giving them quizzes. I'm just going to make a list of like six stories. And I'm going to be like, of the six stories that you see, which of these do you think is worthy of grabbing audio? We had to go find the Warren Sapp audio myself. Like, we need an audio guy or girl who just all they do all day long is think like Clay Travis. I don't know who that person is. If you're listening right now and you're like, you know what, I listen to Clay Travis, I think I would know what audio Clay Travis wants to pay on, play on the show. That's going to be one of my demands in the new contract. They're trying to sign me to a new contract to extend here. One of my demands is going to be, I want an audio guy or girl who is only going to get the right clips. They're going to know automatically, Clay Travis is going to want this. We have got it. Well, Jason Martin, is, no. that a fair, is that a fair request from my perspective? We've been doing this show for a year and a half. How often have we had the totally wrong audio clips in, on this show? I would say too much. I would give him a little bit more. I would give him a little bit more leeway on the Lonzo LeBron thing because you've said you're not going to talk about the NBA regular yeah, season. Yeah, but that. So but, I don't but, know that your people would have expected that to have been something you'd have wanted to talk about, honestly. And Clay, in their in their defense, I think some of the things are captured on audio, and the other things like are just spoken like to reporters and written. I think that the uh, the LeBron thing when he's talking about uh, whether he'd have chemistry with with Lonzo in L.A. I don't know if that actually made it onto. All right, yeah, this is a bigger criticism that I have too. If anyone is speaking to LeBron James, it has to be recorded. I don't understand how LeBron James can talk to a room full of reporters or even to a reporter and there isn't audio of what he says. Like everything that LeBron James says to a reporter should be recorded. Unless he I, says, I, I, don't record me, which I'm sure he probably does. There's probably why situations would he say where that? you're not allowed to do that. Why would he say, don't no record idea. me? When I talk I to no reporters idea. now, this is a good advice for everybody out there. When I talk to reporters now, when the New York Times calls me, when Politico calls me, when uh, every possible reporter calls me and they're like, can I quote you on something? I say, yes, but just so you know, I'm recording this phone conversation too. I'm putting you on speaker because I want to make sure, maybe you're saying, maybe I'm paranoid, but I want to make sure that I am being recorded accurately. Yeah, so I can go back and so somebody can't say, hey, Clay Travis said X, Y, or Z, because people are going to try to make money off my name now, right? People know, oh, if I get Clay Travis say X. And by the way, it doesn't work because I talk for three hours every day and I probably said a billion things that are crazier than what somebody wants to quote me in an article about. So it doesn't work that well on me. But if I'm saying that, how in the world would LeBron James be okay with a reporter just jotting down in longhand quotes from him when so much of what he says is going to be dissected I want all of the audio to be out there if I'm LeBron James if he's gotten the advice to say to reporters hey I don't want you to record this just quote me on it unless they're allowing him to dictate his quotes in articles which would be pretty inappropriate right unless they're like texting LeBron hey LeBron here's what I have you say is this okay and unless he's texting back and saying, hey, can you change that word? Can you change this word? Then I don't understand how that process is going on anyway. I don't necessarily yeah. disagree with you, but the one thing I would say there is, if you look at LeBron, 
he doesn't talk to a very wide variety of reporters unless it's in a press conference situation. He talks to Dave McMenamin. He talks to Brian Windhorst. He talks to, he talks to maybe five people. And I'm sure there are five people that are very, very tight with him in a way where you might actually say, look, that's, yeah, that's a little bit questionable in terms of the way he's covered in most cases. So I don't think he's talking to any podunk reporter when he's coming off the floor or when he's coming out of his locker room when he doesn't have an opportunity to record what he's doing. He is talking to select people Even who still. I believe he and his people trust. I'm not suggesting that that makes it better. I would still try to record it. But I think he has a trust factor with the few people he talks about. Remember, he never goes on radio, never does radio interviews. Everything is very, very controlled when it comes to LeBron James. Yeah, I just, I, it, it doesn't make sense because at some point you can get burned on that. And even as a reporter, like I don't want to have to, if I have a choice between having an audio recording of what I'm writing about or I have my notepad where I was writing in longhand the quotes that somebody gave, I don't want to have to rely on my notes because then he just says that's not true. And what if I misquoted him? So, I mean, that can happen, right? I mean, it's easy when you're talking to someone to end up with the wrong phrase. Anyway, we uh, managed to not get the audio very frequently here. Any any defense of Warren Sapp in L.A.? Now, I don't know. This isn't necessarily a defense of him, but I feel like I understand where his mind is. And I, and I want to reiterate, it's not First a defense. First of all, if you understand where Le, where Warren Sapp's mind is, it's a uh, stormy CTE-addled <laughs> world, right? Well, so do you have CTE, too? Is is doing Fox Sports Radio, like you just bumping your head into monitors all the time? Are you like uh, having to do it you know, to the point where in a few years you're not going to be able to understand anything? <laughs> Maybe. But no, the, reason, the reason I think that he doesn't, in his head, he doesn't consider it a sex toy is because it looks like a lipstick. Because that is not a good defense. I know no, I didn't say it was a defense, but I think that's where his logic is. I think because it doesn't look like a penis to him, it's not a sex toy. It's a it's a novelty item. Which is ridiculous and stupid. Vibrate I'm not an expert on vibrators. Um but my understanding of the vibrating universe is that most vibrators don't look like penises. So as Warren Sapp's... I, we need to get Warren Sapp on the show and just break this down, <laughs> in all honesty. I would, if that's Warren Sapp's defense, sex toys have to look like penises. Well, that's, a hell of a, that's a hell of a defense. Well, it doesn't look well, like a vibrator was, either. Was the, yeah, I mean, it does look that, like lipstick. I saw the photos of the thing, too. But his defense is not necessarily that as much as it is. He and a couple of makeup artists were sitting around having a general conversation that wasn't even about sex. But I guess he may have showed photos of these, and they thought they were pretty cool and wanted to see them, so he grabbed some of them. By I don't the way, think that he was giving they're them sitting to around having a conversation, yeah, it's a and it's not about sex, and then he pulls out his phone and says, look at all these vibrators my buddy makes. <laughs> it's been, no, That's it's apparently a magazine. conversation, it, no, it's apparently too. in a magazine, and I don't know whether, like the way it says, they saw the devices in a magazine, this was not about sex. Now, I have no clue. That sounds completely ridiculous to me, but I'm trying to come up with something that was going through his mind that would explain why he thought that this was okay. I guess he thought, well, I mean, I'm not trying to have sex with these women. I'm bringing these devices in because they want to see them. These are funny, blah, blah, blah. That's not harassment. That's a defense, that's a defense that he could give, which is I didn't consider it to be of a sexual nature. They asked for them specifically, and I just gave them to me to them because my buddy runs a company. Like that, and by the way, maybe we're all idiots and screamingo.com is just doing millions of dollars in lipstick vibrator sales right now. And Warren Sapp just went on and he said, 
F it. If I'm going to get caught, accused of sexual harassment, I might as make, well make some money on it. I'm going to give my boy ScreamingO.com a bunch of props. Maybe Warren Sapp is actually a genius. Let's bring in Eddie Garcia right into the mix. Eddie Garcia, you ever give any of your coworkers uh, vibrating lipstick? Um, no, and I don't, I don't plan to anytime soon. Let's check in on Thursday night. I think Eddie's NFL. nervous there, by the way. Like you just you just like that was such a categorical denial. You're already thinking I'm gonna get fired for this update, right? Uh, no, not at all. Uh Thursday night football. We had the Broncos beating the Colts 25 to 13. That's the first road win of the season for Denver. Quarterback Brock Osweiler had to come in off the bench for the injured Trevor Simeon. He had a pretty good game with three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. Also in this game, Colts tight end Brandon Williams was taken off the field with a head injury and to the hospital, diagnosed with a concussion. He was later released. From the hospital. In the NBA, it was the Cavaliers beating the Lakers 121 to 112. LeBron James had a triple double, 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. His 59th career triple double. Warriors over the Mavericks 112 to 97 for their eighth straight win. Kevin Durant, 36 points in that victory. And the Knicks knock off the Nets 111 to 104. Chris Tapps Porzingis, New York's leading scorer, left in the third quarter with a sore knee and did not return. The support's brought to you by True Car with True Car. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Clay, back to the NFL where the Arizona Cardinals are reportedly putting veteran running back Adrian Peterson on injured reserve ending his season due to a neck injury. It could also be the end of a great career for the 32-year-old running back currently 12th all-time in NFL history in rushing with 12,276 yards. All right, 877-996-6369. Your calls finish off Hour 2 here, Friday edition. Hour 3, we'll have Casey Smith. She's not even awake yet, and I'm going to have to ask her. All these questions. What's sexual harassment? What's not? Next on Outkick, the coverage. Welcome back in. Final segment, hour two. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I think I'm getting sexually harassed in the Twitter comments right now. Lots of you out there saying all sorts of inappropriate things to me, uh, such as the Emperor Blue. If you guys were real reporters, you would order the Screaming O as research. Give it to Gottlieb show when done with it. Doug Gottlieb's going to wake up, and the first thing he's going to <laughs> first thing he's going to see this morning when he wakes up, he's going to get on Twitter, and some guy's going to be saying that we should give one of the vibrators that Warren Sapp are, uh, would have ordered ordered right to Doug Gottlieb. Uh, also, tons of people uh, volunteering to be my audio guy or girl. Is all the audio captured in L.A.? Are these all L.A. employees? Yes. Okay, I love the idea of making them get up at two a.m. It's like a psychological warfare. And making them be up at 2 a.m. in L.A. and just sit on a panel and answer audio questions until we find the audio guy or girl who's going to be the one associated with the show. For people who don't know, all the audio is captured for all shows. What I am saying now is I am going to, in my next contract, I'm going to demand my own audio guy or girl who has to just spend all day thinking exactly like me. All day long when they see audio clips, they have to be thinking, is this something Clay Travis would be interested in? What I want to do is come into the show and have like 10 clips that I didn't even know existed and for them to be like, hey, I spent all day just trying to think like you. Have you seen X, Y, or Z? I would lose my mind. We had great audio clips. Warren Sapp went on and talked about buying vibrators for women. I got it for you. You don't even need to know it exists. I am like, they're like Jedi mind trick here. They are in my brain and they know what audio I want before I even ask for it. Is that too much to ask for? I don't think so. I think we can find that person. Uh, all right, we're playing this Warren Sapp audio clip about Warren Sapp was accused of sexual harassment. And uh, one of the accusations in that uh, article that went up, uh, sorry, in that lawsuit 
that was filed by a former makeup artist at the NFL Network said that Warren Sapp, three straight years, three straight years gave her uh, sex, uh, sex toys as Christmas gifts. Three straight years, Warren Sapp gave this woman, this, this makeup lady, sex toys as uh, Christmas gifts. Warren Sapp went on the radio, decides that he's going to address these situ- this situation straight up, and he was asked whether or not he had done this. This is a real clip that I believe played on Wins, W-I-N-Z radio. Uh, this, uh, listen to this interview with Warren Sapp. He's asked specifically, did you give sex toys to this woman? Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup ladies. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Here's the other question. Like the more I listen to this, it's like that. Uh, it's like that toy that you unpack, and it, there's just like more things that you uncover as you unpack the toy. It's like, oh, it's got this, and it's got. Does Warren Sapp just keep women's vibrators on his phone all the time to just show people? Like he's in the studio there, and he's got. He's like, oh, look at look at look at the women's vibrators my boy makes. Does he just keep one tab open on his phone? Because he said he also showed it to the women, and it may have been in a magazine and stuff like that. But here specifically, it sounds somewhat similar to what he did with these women. He's like, hey, just look at it; it's on my phone. That's pretty funny in and of itself, isn't it? That Warren maybe 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 Warren Sapp did just decide, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sell a bunch of lipstick vibrators this holiday season. I'm going to go on. We're going to get so much product placement everywhere if I talk about this. Maybe he's a genius. Maybe it wasn't his CTE acting up. Maybe he sat back and he said, you know what? I'm getting accused of inappropriate behavior here. Eh, that sucks. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell a billion women's vibrator lipsticks. Because I'm going to go on and every woman's like, eh, you know what? Maybe I do need a vibrator that looks like my lipstick. All I'm saying is that uh, I went to the website to do research because that's you're what gonna I get do. fired. I take now. the hard zip. I'm probably gonna be fired, and it is a bestseller. The lipstick is now a top six seller at ScreamingO.com. What are the other top sellers at ScreamingO.com? <laughs> well, there's one that looks like a wedding ring. That's uh, real interesting. There's one that looks like a monarch butterfly that has a ring in the middle of it. There is an affordable rechargeable model that has what looks to be like an Apple USB cord that you can charge this thing with that is 79.95 now what how much is the, how Sapp, much is the lipstick vibrator yeah that's what i'm doing the for Warren Sapp he went a little bit cheap look this was a christmas deal this was a novelty like fun gifts 14.97 for the lipstick model 14.97 lipstick vibrators that seems like a pretty good deal. I'm not an expert on vibrators but that doesn't seem like and he got them probably reduced rate cuz his buddy owns the company what does that cost yeah, exactly. like the vibrator guy like 2 bucks yeah, I bet it's probably you, like a you markup. You get those things at cost. You get those things at cost. They're probably about three bucks. Yeah. Where do you think they make them? China? They just ship a whole shipload of lipstick vibrators into America. Seems like a paying Kim somebody like move. ten cents an hour in China to make lipstick vibrators for rich American <laughs> women. God bless America. Final hour of the show. Up next, Casey Smith will join us. We'll see whether or not I can make things even more inappropriate with an actual woman on the show. 
This is Outkick, the coverage, and we're breaking down all the big stories in sports, women's vibrators and more, here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. If your check engine light comes on, don't let your car suffer. Head to AutoZone today. The AutoZone Fix Finder tool can check it out on the spot for free. It could be something serious or something simple like a loose gas cap. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, we're going to try something. We are going to try something here. I have no idea if it's going to work. Live attempt on the air. All right, everybody listening right now across the country, listen to this Warren Sapp interview talking about lipstick vibrators, all right? And then I've got a challenge that I am pushing out to all of you, all right? Uh, Here is that clip of Warren Sapp responding to sexual harassment allegations by saying, no, 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 he didn't give a sex toy. He just gave a bunch of women lipstick vibrators. Here's Warren Sapp. Did you ever give her sex toys as she claims? No. Now, the sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that, that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought some for the makeup lady. What Warren is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. All right, here is what I am encouraging all of you to do. I one of you sent me the link to Warren Sapp's Twitter feed, and Warren Sapp has tweeted out pictures of the lipstick, <laughs> the lipstick vibrator. The last seven images that he has shared have all been lipstick vibrator pictures. Here's what I want to do. I don't know if Warren Sapp is up yet as we enter the 8 o'clock hour on the East Coast. But I want all of you listening right now, go to Twitter. Go to at Warren Sapp, at W-A-R-R-E-N-S-A-P-P. And I want you to tell him to call OutKick. So tweet Warren Sapp, call OutKick. We're at you know, at OutKick, O-U-T-K-I-C-K for the Bama fans out there listening. We are 877-996-6369. I don't know Warren Sapp's contact information, but if we deluge him right now, all of you go on social media, will Warren Sapp call the show? Can we get Warren Sapp on the show to talk with us about the allegations in the sexual harassment case? I think this is what the show was made to do, Get to the bottom, no pun intended perhaps, of a story such as this. 877-996-6369. I want you to go. Jason Martin, are you ready? Are you manning the phones? I don't want anybody else to call. I want no one else to call the show. Only Warren Sapp. We got a bunch of lines. I only want the phone to ring if it's Warren Sapp calling. And I want all of you to make it happen. Go to at Warren Sapp on Twitter. You can tag me as well if you would like to, at Clay Travis. I want all of you listening right now to deluge Warren Sapp and see if we can get him to call the show to talk about the sexual harassment allegations. Odds that this works, Jason Martin. I'm getting a call, so let's find out. All right. That would be amazing if it worked already. By the way, put this person on live because if they're violating the rule of calling despite not being Warren Sapp, we need to let them have it. Put them up. Okay, here we go. 
Who hey, we got David. here? This is David. David, David you there? did you hear me say only call if you're Warren Sapp? David, Hello? are you there? Yeah, David. Yeah, this is live radio, David. You're on the radio. Well, you're good, man. I'm kind of hanging up This now. This is not going to surprise you. The people who are likely to call when they're told specifically not to do something are actually dumb. All right? So I said specifically, only call if you're Warren Sapp. And then David calls in, and then we try to call David on his stupidity, and David is literally too stupid to talk on the phone. This is the problem with taking phone calls in general. It's that a lot of times we end up with people who are too stupid. Now, we do have people who had already called in. I will talk to them. Again, all of you go on Twitter. Ask Warren Sapp to call the show. We'll take him at any point in the show. If Casey Smith is on, we'll bring him in with Casey Smith. I want you guys to make Warren Sapp call the show. Deluge him. He is at Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N-S-A-P-P, his name, literally the easiest possible Twitter handle imaginable. I want all of you right now to go on and tell Warren Sapp to call the show. The phone number is 877-996-6369. Now, here's an important detail. If you are not Warren Sapp, I don't want you to call the show. So that is the test. You think to yourself right now, you just heard me give out the number. One thing. One this thing. is an easy wait, 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 question. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. The only no, question you need to answer this is, is this. Are you Warren Sapp? If the answer is no, then I don't want you to call. All right. So here's the deal. I've seen a lot. I'm going, I went to the feed to see how many people have tweeted Warren Sapp, and a lot have because our army is strong. But if you say call out kick, that's not going to help us. Yeah, you, need you need to, to put say the call in. out kick at 877-996-6369 or if those numbers are too hard for you 877-99 on Fox. If you don't give him the number, he's going to have no idea how to reach us. So we appreciate those messages, but they aren't going to help us very much. Put the number in 877-996-6369. I want Warren Sapp to suddenly get hundreds of notifications and I want them all to be that he needs to call this show. And I want to see if we can get Warren Sapp to call. All right, let's go to Walk and Willie down in New Orleans. Walk and Willie, what's up? Do you think Warren's going to call? Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got to. I got to pause the technologically. Jason Martin, can you take calls no, while we talk I to? Can't. Oh man, how is that? How is that? I got not two possible? lines ringing, so one of okay, them is not on. Warren go, Sapp. All right, we're going to go. <laughs> let's put him on live. Is this okay, Warren Sapp? Okay. This is the longest si- what I swear to God. The, it's like an IQ test. So we know that wasn't Warren call. Sapp. All right, and this one's not either. Hang on just a second. Hey, this is Outkick. You there? And now he's listening to the radio. Can you can you hear me out there? Hold on, I got to pause it. Technologically, Jason Martin. How are these people so stupid? Can we take away the right to vote? For anyone who isn't able to understand basic Another instructions, caller. why I'm can I? This is this Warren Sapp? No, All right, let we're me taking take it live again. Well, he died, he died off, so maybe he right. heard and then he hung up because it's not Warren Sapp. All right, let Warren Sapp know that we want to hear from him. All right, I can't even take any other calls. Here's the thing: I would there anybody out there that would object if I had the right to just take away people's right to vote based on the calls to the show? I think I could make America great again. If you just, every time I talk to somebody, if I could be like, eh, you know what? I, I don't really think you should be able to vote. Got two I don't think calls the country would be in. bad. 
All right. So one of them, not I'm one. Not even, I'm going to answer know. it on air. You'll hear right. how this is done. Outkick, your name. And that guy's gone. Let's try another one. Outkick, your name. Is no one going to talk to me right now? Outkick, your name. What is happening this right is now? This is like, I got I to gotta tell you. This is why my job sucks, ladies and gentlemen. This is why, honestly, we need... I, I, so, and in my next contract demand, several different things that I'm going to demand. One, I'm going to demand an audio person who knows exactly what clips I want, and I don't even have to do anything. I want the Jedi mind trick audio person who is going to come in and every morning there's going to be like seven audio clips that I had no idea existed, and they're perfect for what I would be interested in. That's number one. Number two, but by the way, I'm also going to bring in at 2 a.m. in the morning on the West Coast all of our audio people, and I'm going to harangue them for their inability to end up with the right audio consistently. Like, you give them five big stories, and they're going to pick the ten things that aren't the five big stories to have actually clipped as audio. I don't understand what they do all day. I don't understand why they can't tell what the big stories actually are and actually just clip the right stuff. So audio people getting thrown under the bus. I don't know any of them, but we're going to have to have a, uh, a serious discussion about the audio clip failures here. Two, all right, phone guy or girl. Phone guy or girl. So Jason Martin will stop complaining about having to answer the phone. You're the highest paid phone answerer in America right now. And you act like answering the phone is the most difficult thing imaginable. Every time I go to you with calls, you're like, well, people aren't answering. It's hard to answer the phone. You answer the phone. That's part of your job. It's not that hard, but I'm going to find somebody else to answer the phone just so you stop complaining about having to answer the phone. I'm serious. I don't know that anybody in America gets paid more this early in the morning to answer the phone than you. The White House operator does not probably the most important person at the entire country in terms of phone answering would be the White House overall operator, right? I've got Chile on the line. I've got North Korea on the line. That's a big job. Like you got to make sure you don't accidentally drop Kim Jong Un when he decides to call Donald Trump, or you don't drop Rupert Murdoch or Bob Iger or whoever's calling the White House. Stop bitching, Clay. How often do I all, really complain about taking phone all calls? All the just time. Took three on air and they were terrible. How about this? All, that is complete. All, BS. You're complaining right now about complaining uh, about right the calls. Right now, I should be. We went to four calls and nobody could even speak one that's word not of English. My, hey, that's boy, not my fault. Shut up, shut up, Clay. I know you're a millionaire. Shut up. Listen to this. Outkick, your name? Why in the world is no one talking when I go to them? There's is it the same person? Here. You see the number coming in, right? No, I talked to that guy. That guy's name was Brett. His name was not Warren Sapp. And then there's a dude on line three that says he's, his name is Warren Sapp, but it's not Warren Sapp. How are you judging that it's not Warren Sapp? Well, one, he sounds white. Oh, so you're racist now. I knew that was going to be the answer. So you think Warren Sapp sounds black? What does a black guy sound like, Jason Martin? I mean, I know that Warren Sapp is black. Hold on. I know how hold he on. sounds because I've hold seen on. him in the Stop. media you're, talking for 20 you're, years. You're not only doing a bad job of answering phones, you're also a racist phone screener. Let's go to L.A. Was that racist of Jason Martin to just say he knows it wasn't Warren Sapp because he sounds white? I wouldn't be surprised if he's wearing a white hood in the studio right now. <laughs> I, Did you ever give her sex you, toys right? as she claims? No. No. The se- okay, there's Warren Sapp for you. Oh, wait, that's Warren Sapp's voice. Sexy, it's very, melodic. It's very distinguished. I don't personally, I can't distinguish that he's black or white. I don't see race. I don't hear race. Unlike you, Jason Martin. All right, so, again, deluge Warren Sapp. We're going to wake him up if he's got notifications on his phone and he's not up in the 8 o'clock hour. At Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, 
S-A-P-P, Deluge Warren Sapp right now with your request that he call Jason Martin, who has the most difficult job in America, 877-996-6369. I want you to listen to what Jason Martin has to do. He has to sit at a desk, and he has to pick up the phone and say hello, and it's the most difficult job in America, 877-996-6369. We will go immediately. Wait, well, no. Do you know how many prank calls come through this switchboard every morning? You have any idea? Do you know how many like people Jason Martin are on the way right now to go work in mines under the ground? Am I not for allowed less to money complain than you ma- so that people for less on money the, than you so make answering the phone? No, I don't think I don't think people out there driving to work in the morning are like you know what I think is a really difficult job answering phone calls on Outkick the coverage in the morning. Like I don't think Clay, anybody's get, out there I like I got to go teach kindergartners. Do. Every I got to go. That call is on me. When I Politico got, came in here and did that hatchet job on you, I got, I don't know how many DMs sent to my Twitter saying, I should have protected you. Like, I could have stopped you from doing a Politico interview. Like, you weren't going to do that if you wanted to do it. This is, like this is spiraling, this is spiraling in a different direction. I'm just saying, there are kindergarten teachers driving I'm in this morning. Gatekeeper, they are, you're the gatekeeper, Clay. There are kindergarten teachers driving in this morning who are going to be surrounded by screaming kids all day for eight hours who don't want to do anything that they're told to do. And they are listening to you talk about the difficulty of answering phone calls in an air-conditioned radio studio, and they frankly want to strangle you to death. All right, 877-996-6369. Only call if you are Warren Sapp. Up next, it's Casey Smith. She is not Warren Sapp, but we will talk with her. If Warren Sapp calls and Jason Martin is able to distinguish that it's him because he knows what a black man sounds like and what a white man sounds like and what a Hispanic man sounds like and if an Asian man sounds like, only Warren Sapp is going to get through unless it's somebody who really sounds like a Warren Sapp and isn't actually Warren Sapp, and that would probably be fantastic radio because we'd be like, wait a minute, is that really Warren Sapp? I don't know. Maybe he's going to call Deluge him on Twitter right now. This is what you can do for the show. At Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N-S-A-P-P. Tell him to call 877-996-6369. Up next, it's Casey Smith. We'll find out if I've ever sexually harassed her or anybody else that she's aware of next on Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance as well. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Update from Jason Martin on Warren Sapp. Anything, Jason Martin? Uh, yeah, I had four fake Warren Sapps call in. I had one person call in to ask if I could determine their race just based <laughs> on their voice. I've had one that's called for my job, and I'm taking a lot of tweets now from people asking for my job as well. So this yeah. is this has been a real good morning for me, thanks to you. Yeah, we've got two poll questions up right now, uh, and you can vote in our poll questions. By the way, you should still be deluging Warren Sapp, getting him to call in to talk about the lipstick vibrator. Uh, does J-Mart Outkick complain? You can also go follow at J-Mart Outkick and listen to him complain there probably too about having to answer calls, which he is well paid to do, all caps, too much on Outkick. Uh, several hundred of you already voted. 70% of you are saying yes. That's not ridiculous. A good, not a, I haven't it, done it in months, Clay. No. You say some of the dumbest, like no. craziest stuff, and then I have to listen to these people call in. Now I'm complaining because you don't understand what this job entails. 
I'm saying there, job there are people right job. now. You've never done mine. There are people right now driving into work who are going to have to go literally into coal mines in West Virginia and go underground for 12 hours and scrape at the sides of mountains while they, slowly, while they slowly give up their lives to black lung disease who, who are listening to you saying, I can't believe this prissy loser is complaining because he has to answer phone calls in an air-conditioned, heated studio about sports. Casey Wait, Smith joining news. us. Joining us now, 71, 72% of people now agree with me, over 300 votes in the five minutes since I put it up. And by the way, do you think that Warren Sapp is going to call? That's the other poll question that's up, and I'm trying to scroll up on my Twitter feed here and see. Uh, 67% of people are saying no, but you can continue to deluge Warren Sapp. Casey uh, Smith joins us now. She does every single Friday. Casey, full disclosure, I've been asking every woman I know if I have sexually harassed her, including my wife. And my wife said that she does believe that I have sexually harassed her. But I said, <laughs> I said that I can't sexually. No man can be accused of sexually harassing his wife because every man would lose. Like because basically every time we go to go to bed, if we're in the same bed, and I try to sleep with her, she says that's sexual harassment because she just wants to go to sleep. <laughs> she also says that I regularly comment on her appearance, both clothed and unclothed, in a positive manner. That I at times will say sexually inappropriate things in her presence. I am arguing that no man can be accused of sexually harassing his wife. She does not agree to that. But since we're having you on, have I ever sexually harassed you? Or, freely to answer, have you ever seen me sexually harass any other woman? Well, first of all, you should never go against your wife because you know she's always right. And the whole thing of outseeking your coverage was born because of you and Laura. So yes. just put that behind. You know, that's the way it is. But to be completely honest, no, you have never never sexually harassed me, and I'm not making light of all the sexual harassment things, but if I was going to be worried about this, I'd be 10 times more concerned that my friends and I have sexually harassed you, Clay. So at the it, end of the day, maybe we're more guilty than you are. Is And, and we're making fun of this because we're, we're playing the clip from Warren Sapp, which I don't know if you've heard, Casey, but we're going to play this for you right now. You can listen to it, and then we'll let you react. So Warren Sapp was accused of giving sex toy gifts to coworkers for three straight years, and he yeah. went on the radio show. Have you heard this clip yet? He went on I have a radio not, but I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, he went on a radio show and said, no, 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 that wasn't true. Here's Warren Sapp defending his sex toy gifts. Did you ever give her sex toys, as she claims? No. No. The sex toys are little vibrators that, you know, and I have a picture of one that my man makes at ScreamingO.com. My man had made a little, little novelty thing that kind of looked like mascara things that are like a lipstick and an eyeliner and different things that are little toys for ladies that, that that move around a little bit. So I showed him the picture and said, look what my man made. Oh, bring us some. So I brought some. And I brought and some for the makeup ladies. What worried is uh, is just showing me a picture here of what to me looks like uh, Lip, lipstick. lipstick. Yeah, yeah, because it's for the makeup ladies. Spin zone here. Initially, I was making fun of Warren Sapp. Now I think he might have pulled off the unbelievable. I think he got accused of sexual harassment and actually used it as an opportunity to product place the lipstick vibrator. And I'm going to be honest with you. We've been looking them up at ScreamingO.com. I've been sitting around thinking, maybe I should buy my wife a lipstick vibrator. Maybe that's what I should get her for Christmas. Everybody else out there buying diamond rings, my wife's going to open up it and she's going to get a lipstick vibrator. I, 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 is this an unbelievable spin job move by Warren Sapp to be able to advertise a product while getting accused of sexual harassment. 
Yeah, it is. Here's the thing is that it's possible deniability at this point because all he has to continue to say over and over and over, even as ridiculous as it sounds, is I bought lipstick for the makeup lady. That's what she does. And so at any point, nobody can be like, well, no, it's a vibrator, which is a sex toy, even if you're just using it by yourself. He's like, well, no, it's lipstick for the makeup lady. Oh, and by the way, my boy makes these kinds. You go look at them. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're looking them up, thinking about putting them in your wife's stocking for Christmas. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is incredible. Like, only, like, you can't make this up. Like, he literally is turning this into a Christmas gift commercial ad, which is it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's amazing. And also, I love the analysis of everything associated with this because – it's like Warren Sapp doesn't consider something to be a sex toy if it's small. Like, is he thinking that vibrators have to have kickstands? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand his analysis here. Like, do we need bazooka vibrators? Like, he's like, oh, no, no, it's not a sex toy because it's small. It just looks like that's still a sex toy, right? Yeah, it's absolutely still a sex toy. But it, I keep going back to the fact that he's just going to hide behind it's the fact, well, you know, if somebody uses it for their job, like the actual thing of a lipstick, well, that's all this is. Like, this is just something that I thought was nice for her. Like, you know, for me being in sports reporting, oh, I, I just bought her a microphone. Like, so what that it vibrates and that she might want to use it not as a microphone, but that's what she does for a living. So I thought I was helping her out. Like, that's what I'm like. He's going to be able to hide behind that. And even though nobody with a real brain is going to believe that he did that for that reason, he's going to hide behind it. And you're like, well, I guess the logic behind it is not the worst thing in the world. All right, this sounds like something that would happen on The Office with, like, Michael Scott, but you work in an office. You're in sports, obviously. What is the reaction if somebody legitimately gives you a lipstick vibrator and you have no idea it's coming, and everybody is, pun intended, I guess, maybe, everybody is just giving a, uh, a different gift, right? And you're just, like, sitting around and you just open it up. Because the reason I bring this up is I think that it's an amazing play. Like, everybody's so serious now. I think awkward Christmas gifts should become a thing. Thing. Like, I think everybody listening right now, you know, you go sit around and people open presents and it's so boring. Like, you're like, oh, I don't want to – like, I, there's nothing I hate more other than for little kids. I hate when adults sit around and open presents and everybody else has to sit around and open presents. And then everybody has to say, oh, that's so nice. You got a new, like, <laughs> bottle of wine. Or, oh, that's so nice. Like, you got a new – like, I don't know. Like, you got a new dish rag or mittens or whatever it is, right? Like, most gifts are pretty crappy. Tell me it wouldn't be awesome if everybody started doing awkward Christmas gifts. And so, like, somebody just gets incredibly racy lingerie at a totally inappropriate time, right? It's not like a, it's not like a women's shower where, like, everybody comes in and, like, oh, for some reason, like, everybody gets bustiers now, right? Or, like, crazy, like, Fredericks of Hollywood uh, lingerie or whatever. But, like, you're just sitting around and, like, and, and, and it's you're just, like, you're trying to think of the most awkward gift you can give. I feel like that would be amazing, like, just to see the reaction on everybody's faces if you're at work and you open it up and it's just, like, a massive inappropriate sex toy. Like, yeah. and, and what do people, like, how do you react? Like, what do you say? Because usually people are like, oh, that's a really cool gift. Oh, that hat's going to look really great on you. <laughs> and then you open it up. And I'm trying to think whether I can say this. Can I say, can I say uh, D-I-L-D-O on the radio or is that a banned word? We can't say that. Can I spell it? Or did we have to drop that too? I've, I've thrown everybody for a loop. But what if I did that? It was like a huge, like just inappropriate D-I-L-D-O. Like what do people say? Well, first of all, I'm shocked you can't say that on radio because I said that on TV a couple of months ago and was for sure thinking I was going to get fired. And nobody so wait, even blinked. How did that come me. up on TV? What topic were you guys talking about? <laughs> 
we were oh, talking oh, about for the and bills. I can't remember oh, the bills. Oh, the bills. No, the, the, the bills throw it on the field, right? They've started to do that, like the, the Bills Mafia during games. Like they just throw sex toys on the field. Yeah, they throw them, and it's happened two straight years in the Patriots game, but the one we were talking about was, and I can't remember which baseball team it was, but a Major League Baseball team Twitter account tweeted out a photo. I think this is like maybe in the summertime, and in the very back in the locker room, there was a D-I-D-I-L, I can't even spell it, D-I-D-O, in the background. I'm going to go to L.A. How can I report on the news if we can't say dildo? I mean, it's happening in sports, to be completely honest. We have to be able to say that. Yeah. That has to be acceptable. I, I, I will take Twitter the blame. Account. What's that? It was the Mets it Twitter was account? the Mets Twitter account. Oh, I remember that now. See? I so will we take were, the blame. We were talking about that. So I will take the blame. Just by the way, anytime anything inappropriate is said on the show, except when it's said by Jason Martin, who I'll immediately fire, I will take the blame for the use of the word dildo if we're not allowed to do that. I'll take the phone calls from bosses saying, like, you have flagrantly violated FCC regulations. By the way, we don't have net neutrality anymore, so I think that uh, small small detail, I think written in the fine print at the bottom of the net neutrality rule, people haven't really read it that much, it says Clay Travis can say dildo, because I called Donald <laughs> Trump when I was at the White House recently, and I was like, I actually had to negotiate for this, by the way, Casey, you'll love this. When I started doing the show, I was not allowed to say P on the radio. Like every time that for some reason it came up that somebody had pee, they'd be like, we have to drop it. It's a bodily fluid. I was like, this can't be the standard in modern American radio that I can't say somebody peed. And they're like, no, it's a bodily fluid. We can't say it. So I negotiated my way to be able to say pee, God bless America, on this show so we don't violate FCC regulations. So you can't talk about throwing up either? Like that's a little bit That's a great point. That's a bodily function, too. I don't think that we would technically be able to talk about it. That was my argument, was that the standard was way too... Like, bodily functions, I don't think, includes pee and puke. Like, I think we should be able to say that. If you can <laughs> say it you. at elementary school, like, if my kid can say it, and it's not a violation, like, then I'm totally fine with it. All right. So, uh, we have led into all of this because, obviously, it's the perfect prelude. The Patriots are on the road against the Steelers. Who wins? Why? I think the Patriots are going to win, and I'm, it's not just because they lost last week and everybody up here in New England is you know, thinking that because they think that New England's going to win every time. I really believe that when you look at the way these two teams match up, you look at the fact that Rob Gronkowski is back, and the Steelers' defense just does not have an answer for him. And as you, we've seen um, every time he's played them, they just the linebackers are, are too slow and the defensive backs are just too, uh, too small to defend him. And on top of that, I think that they – Last week, the Patriots had a lot of issues because they didn't have anybody, anybody down the middle. Rob Gronkowski's back, and the fact is that Big Ben just doesn't have success against this Patriots defense. It's a great game, and everybody's got it circled, but the fact that the line is only, I believe, three, at least it was yesterday, I think that's actually pretty low because I think the Patriots are going to win, maybe not you know by 20 in this one, but I think by double digits at least. We're talking to Casey Smith. You can go follow her, K-A-Y-C-E Smith on Twitter. All right, um, intriguingly there, how much talk was there about the Patriots' loss to the Dolphins, or did you guys almost immediately just move on to, well, that game happened, but the Patriots against the Steelers matter so much more that nobody's even going to remember the Dolphins' game if the Patriots beat the Steelers? Well, there was a lot of talk about it, Clay, because Tom Brady looks so bad. I mean, any time that he looks the way he did last week, there's immediately going to be talk of why that happens. Because when he starts playing poorly, there's just no way Tom Brady could have a bad game, which I think is ridiculous. Everybody's looking for a reason, whether it's his hand being injured, his Achilles injury, whatever it may be. So we talked a lot about that. But what it really showed is that the Patriots, they don't have the depth. 
on the offense or defensive side of the ball that they've had in years past. So for some reason, things start happening before the Super Bowl or during the playoffs where they start losing key guys that didn't play against Miami. The Patriots are in trouble. And I think that that's a pretty obvious thing when you see Tom Brady play the way that he did. I mean, it looked like he was purposely getting rid of the ball because he didn't want to get just absolutely battered by the Miami defensive line, which understandably because they do get to him pretty easily. So we talked a lot about it up here. Obviously, you don't ever want to see them lose, but the fact that they still control their own destiny and can get the home field advantage is big. However, if they do lose on Sunday against the Steelers and they could potentially be playing in the wild card game, uh, that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows because even though the Patriots lost a couple games early in the season, everybody up here still believes they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. So it'll be interesting to watch. How much do you root for the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl so you personally get to go to the Super Bowl? And how much do you think other media members do that? Because I think that's something that isn't talked about that much. But there's lots of great parties. There's lots of great events that surround the Super Bowl. It's more fun, even when it's in Minneapolis, like it's going to be this year, to be able to go to the Super Bowl and not. So when you're watching, like once the playoffs start, how much of your rooting interest is, I want the Patriots to win just so I get to go to the Super Bowl? Oh, 100%. Like, throughout the season, like, my rooting interest is that I want the Patriots to be successful so that the longer the season is, I could potentially end up at the Super Bowl. And then, two, the storylines. So if they lose during the regular season, it's, we don't have to all sit up there and be like, oh, the Patriots are going to go 19-0. This is so great. Like, it gives us some actual drama to talk about. But then you start rooting for them not to lose when it would matter because then you're like, well, wait, I don't want the season to end in January. I'd like to go party at the Super Bowl with all my friends in sports media. So – I'm not ashamed to say that. I don't know if that's something that's frowned upon, but of course I want to go to the Super Bowl. It's like my favorite time of the year. What do you think the difference will be Super Bowl Minnesota versus, say, like Super Bowl Miami? The weather, one. <laughs> well, thank like, you, what? yes. But like, like in terms of the overall vibe, like does oh. Minnesota seem like the kind of place that should have a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I guess if you are from Minnesota, you think so. But here's my thought process. You mentioned all the, the parties. Like last year when we were all in Houston – like you can like the uh, clothing you can wear to Super Bowl parties completely changes. And this is something that females think about because if you go to Minnesota in February, you're probably going to have to be wearing like snow boots and like huge uncomfortable jackets. And you're not going to be able to, to dress the way you want in Houston. You know, we could wear our stilettos and our tight dresses, which I can say that because I'm a woman. So I'm allowed to say that we were allowed to do that. So uh, the clothing, but I do think any, again, anytime you take a bunch of people that cover sports for a living that are there for an entire week, that mostly like to drink a lot and you put them all in the same place for five to seven days, it's going to be a good time. Shouldn't the owners consider the stiletto and tight dress factor when they consider where to have the Super Bowl? Like if I were Jerry Jones and I were sitting around and I'm like, all right, we got Minneapolis on the radar. We got Detroit. We've got, uh, I don't know, where else is really cold? We got Buffalo or we got Miami. We got Houston, where it could be cold. I know it just snowed, but in general, not very cold. We got Phoenix. We got Scottsdale area. All these different places where it's really warm. We used to have San Diego. We still got L.A. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a warm weather guy because my philosophy in general is it's not a vacation if you have to put on more clothes than you were wearing when you got on the plane, when you get off the plane. I say this to my wife all the time. Where do you want to go on vacation? I don't care. 
But if I'm going there, I'm taking more clothes off when I get off the plane than I am putting them on, right? Like, I don't do cold weather vacations. I like to say, well, let's go skiing. Let's not. I don't want to be in the snow and be cold, all right? I'll go to a beach. I'll get a drink. I'll be happy. Um, so all of those things factor in. Why wouldn't that factor in for an owner? I mean, I would think that it would, especially, I mean, you mentioned Jerry Jones. Being from Dallas and knowing Jerry Jones, like, like the way he operates, I would think that this would be something he would want. I mean, look at the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. They're, like, yes. by far the hottest in the NFL because it's the whole thing about Dallas and, you know, the women in Texas and whatever. But I, I, first of all, you're wrong about snowboarding and skiing. Like that's really fun. But outside of that, I would agree with you. Like you don't want to put on more clothing, especially if you're just walking around and at the Super Bowl, And you mentioned the owners and like, like roll out the cheerleaders, you know, that are obviously all extremely good looking and 10 out of 10s every time. And if it's freezing outside, they're going to have to bundle up too. And they don't want to do that. So I think you're right. We should just lobby for warm weather Super Bowls at all times. Maybe throw in some pool parties. Like, do they ever have Super Bowl pool parties? Because if they that's don't, fa- they should. That's a fantastic idea. Last question for you. How long do you think it will be before someone in sports media argues that cheerleaders need to be taken off the sideline because of sexual harassment issues in sports? Because I think it's going to happen. I, I probably bet that's already started to happen. Now, nobody... You know, big name headline news has said that yet, but I'd be shocked if that conversation hasn't happened because people already look at it as that it's you know sexual harassment because they're looked at as objects and whatever else. I have girlfriends who have been cheerleaders in the NFL, and at least my small group of girlfriends that have done it don't feel like that at all. They're my like, wife was one up for this. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that's what they they like being the hot cheerleader on the sidelines, and they're talented at what they do. So I'm sure that's already happened. I know in college. Um, that people don't want the, the college-age girls in some, you know, in basketball games sometimes I've heard that they're arguing that they shouldn't be down there in, you know, small outfits or whatever. So it's only a matter of time before it happens in professional sports. But it's ridiculous. Like, come on, like, people, let's not look for things to get mad at all the time. These are beautiful women who are talented who want to do this. They're not being forced to do it. It's not the red light district. <laughs> That's an amazing drop-the-mic line. It's not the red light district. I'm going to start using that all the time. <laughs> Uh, Casey Smith, uh, thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of the morning. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Clay. All right, let's bring in my guy, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. Clay, Thursday night, NFL football. Broncos beat the Colts 25-13. Brock Osweiler was forced into action when Trevor Simeon went down with a shoulder injury. Osweiler had three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing as Denver gets its first road win of the season. Colts tight end Brandon Williams was taken off the field on a stretcher in the second quarter when he suffered a head injury. He was taken to the hospital, diagnosed with a concussion. He has since been released. In NBA action, Cavaliers beat the Lakers 121-112. LeBron James had a triple-double, 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. Warriors won their eighth straight beating the Mavericks 112-97. Kevin Durant, 36 points, 11 rebounds in the win. And the Knicks knock off the Nets 111-104. Kristaps Porzingis did leave this game for New York in the third quarter. The leading scorer left with a sore knee and did not return. And Clay, finally back to the NFL. An update on Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier. He's still in a University of Pittsburgh Medical Center after he's recovering from that spinal stabilization surgery. According to a hospital statement, Shazier has started his physical rehabilitation. Of course, he's on IR, not going to play again this year, but again, he is starting started his physical rehabilitation from that injury. Good stuff. As Warren Sapp called, we'll get an update from Jason Martin next on OutKick, the coverage. Great news. Quick way you could save money, switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. As well, love has an army, and you can join the fight. Help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to FoxSportsRadio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call one 833 sal Join. 
All right, Jason Martin, a couple of updates out there. We have two poll questions up. First of all, I got to give I got to give props to the Outkick Army. Um, I asked for you guys to deluge Warren Sapp and get him to call the show, and I can't even keep up with my mentions right now. Hundreds of you took to Twitter to ask him to call, so my only bet is that he's not up. Um, so one of the poll questions, will Warren Sapp call Outkick to talk about lipstick vibrators? 73% of you said no. Now, 73% of you is a lot. Also, does Jmart Outkick complain about having to answer calls too much on Outkick? 72% yes. Do you have any defense at all for yourself, and what's the latest on Warren Sapp? I got a fifth fake Warren Sapp call a few minutes ago. and the, How did you I know it was a fake Warren Sapp? Because I'm immediately like, okay, Warren, tell me your story because we want to get you on. And either they hang up immediately or they say something completely inappropriate or they tell some kind of inside joke or something like that and then hang up. So it was clear. And I know what Warren Sapp's voice sounds like. I have ears. And none of these people have a good Warren. They're not even trying to do an impression. They just call up and I'm just like, Outkick, what's your name? And they say, oh, this is Warren Sapp, just like I said it. Like, it's very clear I'm not Warren Sapp. So that's kind of how that's been going down. In terms of my defense, yes, I complain about the calls sometimes for a purpose. I want to teach callers to be better before uh, the This fact. is a good, by the way, before you even go any further, this is a good spin zone. I, I, I give credit to people who spin things well. This is a good spin zone argument by you. You're not complaining about the calls. You're complaining about the calls that you get from the callers. That's a good spin zone. Yeah, I don't care about answering the phones. That's great. We want to talk to everybody, but we want to be able to bank them quickly and get them to where they can talk to you because that's what they want to do. So when they call and can't formulate a complete thought or aren't ready to speak or aren't listening or just want to call and rant to me for two or three minutes, that's not helping anybody. I can't obviously help you on the show if all I'm doing is screening calls that whole time, but we can't put those calls up either. So the same way that you all the time when we have bad calls, we'll immediately say, make a play. We need you to do this. We need you to do this. What would and you tell the, the caller? Improve. It's the same thing. What would you tell the caller out there if this were like caller instruction? I need like 30 seconds of what they should do if they're calling the show to speak. When I say outkick your name, tell me your name. When I say where you're calling from, tell me where you're calling from and give me a state because I don't know what city you might be in in California. There's like 9,000 cities in California. Most of the time I can figure it out. And then when I say what you want to talk about, you don't have to give me the entire dissertation. You just need to let me know in generalities what it is that you want to say and just sound cogent doing it. And if you have a nice comment, also don't call me just to say, I love the show. I don't want to go on air. Like, that's yeah. great, but you can tweet <laughs> us that. We don't, we don't need that right now. We want to get you on air. We want to do something for the audience so that they can hear what you have to say, so they can go back and forth with you or go back and forth with you, me, and the crew out in L.A., whatever it is. It's not helping for me to just answer calls and not be able to place them up because, again, because of our technology, if I'm screening, you also can't talk to anyone at the same time. So I just want the calls to be better so that the show flows better. I always say, and this goes for life in general, bullet point that bitch. All right? Yes. And what I mean by that is just get to your thesis. And I always say, and I get in trouble sometimes with my wife for this, right? Because my wife will be like, I, I, so like she's trying to tell me something and it's like 20 minutes of every guy knows what I'm talking about. Like your wife's like, hey, and then like 20 minutes later, you're still like, I got, where are we here? 
Like, what are you asking me to do? What I need for you to do is be as direct and straightforward as possible. What's the story here? I can't tell you the number of times like I've said to my wife, okay, what's the story here? What, what are you seeking for me to do? Men need, like, direct instructions. Like, take the garbage out. I can understand that. I'll probably forget to do it, but I understand it. All right? Otherwise, you're getting me lost out there. All these details are swimming around in my head, and I'm like, what is going on here? Same thing with my kids. I'm like, look, just get me with the right. I want the essence. I want to get right to the distill your purpose here. Question That's on air. On air. Let me, let me say, here's, here's one thing. There's one guy that calls me in the first hour every single day without fail. I know he's going to call. His takes are awful. I listen to him and I say, thanks, Joe. And then I hang up on him. I've considered us making that a regular segment because he's going to call every day and the takes are that bad. Like not once have I wanted to put this guy on air, but he calls every single day. So you decide. Or you and the Outkick Army, you could tweet us and let us know. Do you want this awful caller to come on every day to give you some joy in the morning? All right, who we got really rapidly? I've got the Patriots. Who you got? Steelers. Who you guys got? I'm going to take the uh, the Patriots here. And Justin can't speak. Yeah, all right, good work. Good work, guys. I asked simply, who are you going to take, Patriots or Steelers, and the audio, our crew can't even handle it. Jesus. Have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully by then people have an opinion on something. It's an outkick. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.